coming to you live from the Sanctum Centaurum, which I can't pronounce. It's Comics and Cocktails. Hey, hey, everybody. Ryan Buckley, Ian O'Neill, and myself, Sean Markle. All right. Episode two. So we're going to talk about October releases. Yeah. Comics that we read that we liked. Two for two on amazing openings, by the way. Of course. Absolutely. Last time you bungled our name. Yep. (laughs) So you're doing it every time. It's... It's gonna take a, it's gonna take a couple. Sorry, right, buddy. Ouch. Okay. Well. Okay. So uh, before we start, should we talk about our drink this week? Yeah, absolutely. Ryan, what are we drinking this week? Yeah. Well, this is a long episode, so we can't load up on uh, like crazy heavy cocktails. So I thought we'd do craft beers every time we do the monthly review. So the one I chose this time uh, for the month of October is Lug Tread from Bows. There's a small uh, craft brewery here in Ontario from Van Cleek Hill. And I have no idea where that is. All right. Do you guys know where Van Cleek Hill is? No, but let's see. This is a lagered they... ale. I don't know you what do? that means. I do not know. Okay. Well, I was good. just saying we should show off the bottle. Yeah. yeah, it has Death Star. Everybody has a Death Star bottle opener that's magnetized, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Have you had any bows before? Yeah, I've had this like a zillion times. Yeah. They make just the, this afternoon. They make the Tom Green beer as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is good stuff. So yeah, Everyone's so this is a review show. A different hero. kind of comic. They should make... Four I will be driving, so let's keep mine light. <laughs> That's a really great pour. Ian, are you driving? I'm not. <laughs> I think I, I should never drive. <laughs> and I think I will probably always drive. Because I love drinking. And anyways, let's get into <laughs> some comments. <laughs> yeah. Now, Ian, tell us about a book that you read in October that you liked. Okay, I will start us off with Paper Girls. Uh, by Brian K. Vaughn, art by Cliff Chang and Matt Wilson. Uh, he's taken a break from Saga. Uh, he's had a few other books come out, uh, We Stand on Guard, which is still going, and then Paper Girls, which started in October. Uh, it's been a, a fun book so far. It's had two issues. Um, the Wait, cheers? Oh. Yes, yeah, so cheers. Sanctum Sanctorum, cheers. To comics. I Agamotto. That's good, eh? It is yeah, good. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Uh, first off, uh, both the covers, I think, look super cool. They got, um, like, a one of the main characters um, basically inked in black and white. Well, in black, and then just a bright, I think it's been yellow and red so far. Yeah, very cool. They've looked really good. Yeah. Um, and the book itself, they've built it as a uh, stand-by-me uh, with, with girls. Um, I would say it's more of a... Super Eight with okay. girls because uh, it definitely has like this the sci-fi feel. Uh, basically, uh, it starts off with a uh, young girl to a in a new city, uh, beginning her paper route, mm. and uh, she runs into some trouble and other paper girls, and uh, some crazy sci-fi stuff starts happening. I'm not sure how much I want to give away. Yeah, let's make put that out there. We're going to spoiler the book. So if you haven't read it yet, that book's old. So Yeah, it's it's been out for a few weeks now. Um so it's it's Halloween and they run into some trouble on the on the streets and uh they find themselves in a house with a time machine type device. Excellent. You're calling it a time machine? Right? I don't I know love, what it is. I love paper routes and time machines. I thought yeah. it just looked like an old-fashioned like water heater. <laughs> a really old-fashioned water heater. That's what time machines look like. Um, oh, but okay. they also find a small uh, square device with an apple on it, which to them, uh, being set in the, I want to say 80s. 
Yeah, it's definitely 80s. The yeah. whole thing has that 80s. So I've only read the first the issue. First one. And I loved it. I haven't got around to yeah. reading number two yet. But the have you ever seen a movie from the 80s called Monster Squad? Yeah, it's very based on Monster Squad. I've never read or seen So I've never Monster seen Squad. it, but I asked that because one of yeah. the characters has that poster mm-hmm. on the wall of her bedroom in issue one. And it had that total like 80s kind of ensemble feel. So yeah, I've heard it's uh, being related to Monster Squad a few times. Um, so yeah, they find a iPod or something. So there's some kind of time travel going on. I'm a sucker for time travel stories. Um, Yeah, you don't like the (laughs) X-Men. Or Doctor Who. Other cool time travel (laughs) stories. Um, So by sucker, you mean you like this one? Yes. (laughs) Uh, I'm loving the art, uh, the 80s feel, and the colors in the book are great. And Brian Brian K. Vaughn's dialogue is always awesome. Absolutely. Uh, Have you guys been reading it other than Mm -hmm. the first issue? Dialogue's great. Yeah, I have read the first issue and I have have the second one waiting there for me to read and I will definitely pick it up because I enjoy it quite a bit. Like I said, like you said, Brian K. Vaughn is kind of the man right now. I love everything he's written. I would say Why the Last Man is my favorite book ever to come out. Mm -hmm. Like it's something like it's something that really exposed me. I was like, oh, I get this. Like this is important to me. Mm -hmm. And I mean- it's interesting. Well, you get it by like, you just want to be the only man on a planet of women or is that how you <laughs> see the world? I'm the only man, women. Yeah. That, I mean, you're not wrong either way. And, but with paper girls, it's interesting to see a job. Like I like how they're playing with the idea that paper routes are still viable and they have to set it back in the eighties to make sure that they are. So I'm definitely going to pick that up. What about you, Ryan? You're going to read paper girls. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I like it. I'm, I'm going to get, uh, uh, number two for sure. Yeah. Uh, that's good so far. Brian um, K. Vaughn is really great. Uh, did you read like that free comic he did online called Private Eye? That wasn't free. You could pay whatever you wanted for it. So obviously. <laughs> well, you know what I wanted to pay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did read the Private Eye. I really I did not oh, read Oh, wait. One. I did pay like about 10 bucks each issue now that I remember. Yeah, um, of course you did. Um, I did not read I really like Private mode. Eye too. Yeah. <laughs> Inside joke. Yeah. And uh, obviously he's writing Saga right now, which is like, I think everyone's favorite yeah. book pretty much. Uh, it's been on a bit of a hiatus for We Stand on Guard and Paper Girls, but. Can I like, uh, tell you something? Like I make a, like a. Like confession, I guess. You don't like Saga? No, I do. But I've been <laughs> buying it in single issue and saving yeah. them. And because I I read the first few and it read way better in the six issue story arcs. So I said, I'm going to stop reading after issue 12. Mm-hmm. I have up to 30. And, you and I haven't read from 13 on. You guys could spoil the shit tree. out of that for me. Well, so. we, won't, we won't talk about Saga. But what I was going to say is uh, if... Well, he's t- taking a hiatus. We're getting the quality of Paper Girls. I'm I'm willing to wait for Saga, and yeah, Saga is a book I really enjoy. I would so. say Brian K. Vaughn is one of the five writers who, if his name's on a book, I'm going to pick it up regardless of if it has monkeys in it or not. I'm not a big monkey fan. Um, <laughs> excellent. Now I want to talk about my next book, Batman and Robin Eternal. Yes, this is kicking off a weekly Batman event. Um, so I'm going to talk about all the issues. I think there's up to issue five so far as of recording. Yeah. Weekly. Like it feels like it comes out every other day. It's lightning fast. Yeah. And it's awesome. Like I love it's Dick Grayson. I'm going to say is probably the main character in this Batman and Robin internal because it goes through the, it flashes back to when him and Bruce Wayne wore the original Batman and Robin and kind of Robin's first case with Batman and then a present day continuity where Dick Grayson is kind of the super spy and Batman is kind of off the table. So he has to kind of deal with this mess that Batman hasn't cleaned up yet. And it is it brought Cassandra Kane, one of the Batgirls, yeah. mainly from, I believe, No Man's Land, back into kind of the fold. And it's just a great detective story. She's the 
mute one? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm with you now. She's the mute one. And like, that's what I love. That's like, give me a Batman that has like a long, drawn out detective story and I get to read about it each week. Sign me up. I have not been reading this. And one of the reasons why is because I have been burned weekly. so many weekly DC series. I read Future's End. Yeah, that's yeah. Well, yeah. all of Future's End. So there's Future's <laughs> yeah. End. There was uh, 52. 52 was World's great. End. Countdown. 52 Countdown was amazing. Was Countdown was poor. Uh, did you get Batman Eternal? No. It Batman was good. Eternal was also fantastic. And I, I think that's what DC has done. Like, yeah, they messed up with, <laughs> yeah, they messed up with Future's End and they messed up with Countdown. But making a weekly series that is one progressive mystery dealing with one small section that's not like shattering the entire status quo, mm-hmm. they it makes the weekly series seem so much more. Yeah. It's kind of like when Spider-Man was coming out three times a month, a month with Dan Slott mm-hmm. and like it was a great spider book and like yeah. it developed the cast and like that's what Batman and Robin Eternal is doing where it's just like it's not the main Batman book but there's all this other stuff going around with the second tier Batman characters I don't yeah, know Batman's I think a the, good book for that I, I thought Batman Eternal was really great yeah. and I think this is the same kind of creative setup as the last one right I, it, it, like, correct me if I'm wrong yeah. but it's Snyder and Tinian who are kind of acting like showrunners and doing the main plot yeah. And then the individual ones, like, is Tim Seeley from Grayson involved? I believe so. And, like, a whole host of different, like, artists. So, um, yeah. It's really fun. And, like, it's fun that I get to read about it each week. And I like that fact. You guys are definitely selling it well. I feel like the weekly series tend to fall apart after, like, 15. Okay. So maybe I'll wait until they pile up a bit. And I then find if they I still hear, They usually do. And I've, the middle drags, I don't know. I've got, I've, I, if, when I start reading one, I usually commit to it. So I'm going to wait if I still hear good reviews of this one at like issue 15, issue 20, then maybe I'll catch up. Absolutely. Well, do I, we, is it going to be 26 issues long? Do we know how long it's going to be? Uh, we don't, we do. It's out there, but we don't know. Cause we're, oh, it's not 52 issues. It, I don't believe it's no, 52. Only one okay, was well, 52 that sounds actually more Eternal, really. I think it's going to be 26. But we'll fact check that. And then, yeah. uh, but um, maybe you've already. It's not it. getting great reviews, actually. Like <laughs> no? if uh, there's a site that we go to the, the, a lot that um, aggregates scores from all around the web, and I don't know. I think it's really inaccurate. Yeah. Like we talked about this at work the other day. Like it's so like there's not enough reviews for an aggregate score to really have a good like reflection of the mm-hmm. quality of the book because a lot of the things they're pulling from, like online, these sites are just like people's blogs there's just idiots like us and we'll have like a strong opinion about something and then strong opinion about something so like i don't think i would rate a book like a five like most books i read are like nines or twos yeah because yeah. <laughs> i'm not a professional critic i mean I'm, I, I'm in it or i'm not and like i don't have to be that's not my job yeah. but but they're aggregating these scores the best so thing that i can say about a lot batman of sevens and robin and eternal is that i'm looking forward to next week yeah I guess so i want to see what say. happens so now ryan what have you been reading um Oh, I'm the resident expert. God damn it, that's stupid. <laughs> I didn't I say I only said explicit I, I only said one E in that, by the way. Did you guys only hear one E? I'm the expert. You hearing that? Um No, I I do want to talk about the X-Men, like just because it came out this week. Like and it was uh, I can't not talk about it because uh, issue six hundred came out after I think it was an eighteen month delay. And extraordinary number one came out. So it's kind of a unique position. And one day you see a changing of the guard because Bendis and his team are done. Um, and we see this new team of Lemire and uh, Ramos coming on. And um, basically, long story short for me, it was 
great. Like I, the new, like out with the old, in with the new. I don't want to diss on Bendis's run because it had some high points for me, but at the end of it, like I just think ultimately not a lot. Well, I can't really say not a lot happened because we had the the time displaced X Men. Um, so if you don't know the background story, he's that's how he started his run. Was that the Beast is upset by Cyclops's mutant revolution and uh, also the other minor thing he did where he killed Professor Xavier, and so he goes. So his solution is. Instead of talking to him about it and man to man or writing him an angry letter or trolling him on his Facebook account, he goes back <laughs> in time and brings back the young versions of the X-Men. And I guess his thought was like, well, he pretty much explains like that he's going to, when they're confronted by the younger, more um, ideology, like cells that really more epitomize the ideology of Professor yeah, X's kind of dream, sense where like, see how far off the path they are. If you could go are. back in high, to your high school self and relive it all and do it differently, would you? And that's kind oh of what Beast wants to explore. Yeah. And because it's an X-Men comic, he can. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's a great plot point. And there's some things that have worked really well with it, some things that haven't. The highlights for me of his run in general, I guess this is a good time as I need to kind of do a bit of a, a retrospective look on it. Like there's some high points. Uh, the character that really stood out was the young Jean Grey. Um, she gives no fucks. <laughs> this is true. She does not. And great version of the character. Like the way that I, I think that character, because she's confronted like, wait, I die, all this bad stuff happens. And then she's like, I can either embrace the fatality of that or just be my own person. And she definitely does the latter. I, and that's her major character uh, point. And like growing up, my first experience with the X-Men was the 92 cartoon. And like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I never really liked Jean Grey, mainly because like everyone had these cool names like Cyclops, <laughs> Storm, Gambit. I can see where you're going. You love Gambit so much. Jean Grey. Yeah, I do love Gambit so much. Yeah, call her Marvel Girl or something. Yeah, like and like, or Phoenix. Or like, Phoenix. I guess yeah, Phoenix would be better. But like, better. <laughs> so I was just like, oh, yeah, it's Jean, it's Jean Grey, the person I'm supposed to care about. But yeah, it's brutal. Bendez really made me care about like young Jean Grey. Yeah, and the, the Trial of Jean Grey story arc is great if... Uh, it's collected in trade. I would recommend that. And um, what was the other really good one? The Black Vortex crossover that they did with the young X-Men and the Guardians of the Galaxy was pretty well, cool. Ian, and has not, some great art in that too. Ian, you're not really an X-Men guy, are you? Yeah, I but tend, you to, did read Black I tend to tiptoe around the X-Men uh, when they cross over with things I'm reading. Uh, that's when I'll read them yeah. basically. Or if there's a major event. So like uh, Avengers versus X-Men from what, three or four years ago. Yeah. Um, and then there was a couple of major events that involved the X-Men after that I read. Um, but I, I was reading Guardians, so I read Black Vortex. Uh, and that involved, I think, the younger X-Men. Yeah, it was the younger team. And I, I did enjoy that. Um, and I'm going to jump into the new X-Men book because of Jeff Lemire. Uh, I like Jeff Lemire a lot. He's doing two He's doing Extraordinary X-Men, which I guess is the flagship title. Yeah, yeah. And then the Uncanny X-Men, he's not doing, and that's more of like a X4, sort of darker, yeah. sort of, or what they call now the Extinction Team. Yeah. And, oh, I can't remember. He's also doing, he's doing Old Man Logan, Logan, which I guess he's is, Old Man Logan. which is the next book. Uh, and and all did, new, all different, which is the young team. Okay. And I did read uh, Uncanny X-Force uh, from a few years back, too. Um, because Deadpool was in it. Yeah, you love Deadpool. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm excited to try and get into the X-Men, uh, and I hope Je with Jeff Lemire writing it, I can. I, I enjoyed the first issue, um, but uh, there's definitely stuff that I think because I'm not super into the X-Men, I'm not getting all like the nuances, but... Yeah, that's a good segue. We'll talk yeah. about the new one then. So Extraordinary X-Men, it's basically a story of getting the band back together. We've got... Our lineup is Storm as the leader, 
And uh, she's at the beginning kind of talking about all the things that have happened in the eight month gap between the old continuity pre secret wars and what's happening now. Now we'll, we'll probably talk sometime about like how we feel about the, how disjointed this is because of shipping schedules. Uh, in the month of October, issue eight of eight of Secret Wars was supposed to have come out and all of the Secret Wars tie-ins should be done and all these new number ones would be coming out. So they've sort of half done that. All the new number ones are coming out, but everything else is not done yet. So um, the state of the world, there's like a really great splash page that talks about um, people like talking about MPOX and uh, protesting against yeah, mutants. Yeah, so the Terrigan and- myths uh, that <clears throat> form yes. in humans or like bring the inhuman power out of the inhumans also kills mutants and sterilizes them. Yeah. So which results in less mutants and no new mutants. Right. So it's a critical time. And I like that. I think that's a pretty good premise and starting off spot. So on the team, we have storm and Iceman uh, and magic. And this one is, they're just kind of all coming together because magic, I guess has been teleporting around finding mutants who are in trouble and then bringing them back to the school to protect them because they're in such danger. Now there's a great scene, a scene of some bigotry, like a young girl with big eyes is about to be kind of assumedly killed by an angry mob. X-Men's always got angry mobs. And to be fair, like, out of the X-Men stuff I like, this is what I do really like about Yeah, X-Men. I think it's like, going to be I good. want them to be persecuted so I can, like, have that story. Because, truthfully, if you put them, like, Joss Whedon on his astonishing X-Men run made the X-Men superheroes. There was really no difference between the X-Men and, say, the Avengers or something like that. They were there to, like, go save the world. But I like the X-Men that are just, like, we are these different. We're just different. And, like, we have to live. So we're fighting, fighting for, for survival. And, yeah. And yeah. Like, I think I that's like a that. great story. While also like, even though we're fighting for survival, we will still pitch in and save the world, even though no one's even going to give me like a thank you card. Like yeah. it, it just amps up the drama. And that's what, it is like a big like soap opera. Yeah. Yeah. So the other characters we With have- laser uh, eyes. <laughs> so again, we talked about the young Jean Grey, the time displaced uh, teenage Jean Grey has decided to say, screw everything. And she's going to college or university. And then uh, Storm comes and kind of, shames her into kind of joining them by doing some sort of mind link thing mm-hmm. and showing her the state of what's happening in the world, which is pretty good. Like it's a good plot device to bring us up to speed mm-hmm. uh, over this eight month gap. And then they go back to uh, uh, Lake Baikal in Russia, which was formerly the Ust Ordinsky Collective. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they get this, I love the way that Ramos is drawing Colossus. He's just massive. Yeah, he was just like ridiculous. Like, yeah. like he's <laughs> frightened a bear massive. Yeah. And he growls at this bear and it runs away. And he wants nothing to do with the X-Men, but his magic his sister basically tells him to like stop being such a pussy and almost tries to take off his head with a sword. And then he reluctantly agrees. And then it ends with sort of, uh, it's like, okay, we've almost got the band back together. We just need that lovable furry elf Nightcrawler. But he's been kidnapped by some nefarious foes. And the character design on these new, as far as we all know, they're new. Um, it looks like they're new characters. And they're sort of like, I think, I think they're the marauders. And they hint at, um, they're working for some boss and um, it's going to be sinister. Damn you reading ahead and seeing the covers <laughs> of solicitations for months out. But sinister is always a good X. Yeah. So yep. I think you know, for issue one, that's what you kind of want. Like, yeah. here's what's going to happen. Here's a state of things. This is the team. And then there's a bit of a challenge and a future uh, antagonist. And uh, I think Lemire, he writes, um, he's got the tone of the characters down really well. Uh, he's a huge X-Men fan mm-hmm. and his, his, uh, area that he really likes is like the Claremont late seventies, early eighties. So it'll be with the, when Ramita was the artist. Um, and then, uh, on from there. So 
I'm, um, yeah. I think it's going to be a good X-Men book. I think it'll be better than the Bendis one. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, same. And I want to say about 600, like, and I've gone on for a long time, so I'll wrap up 600 <laughs> really quick. I didn't like it very much. It was not worth the wait. Um, and the mutant revolution is that, like, well, I'm going to read the dialogue of Cyclops. <laughs> I'm going to read the dialogue of okay. Cyclops because it sums up what happens here. Because, like, the mutant revolution, and it goes on about that's a strong word, and... Uh, Something revolutionary had to happen. And this is it. So this is after about two paragraphs of stuff. So the revolution is, what is it? The mutant revolution? That we're all here, all of us, every single one of us, every mutant in the world. That's all of them, guys. Did you get that? Yeah. Three times he so said wait, that. Like, On the steps of the Capitol of building though? in Washington, D.C. All of them that were allowed to print that may not be in a movie made by Fox. <laughs> and uh, their mutant revolution is they just all come together and hang out. And... And then nothing happens. And I guess what he's trying to make is the point of it. And nothing happens. Like, look, we're not so bad. We're not going to, like, it's not the end of the world. That we're all yeah. here. And uh, um, I don't know. And then Magneto comes down and bros it out with him a little bit. He's like, Charles Xavier would have loved this. I don't know, <laughs> that's not a magneto thing to say. And, like, this yeah. issue takes place before Extraordinary X-Men 1. So you're just like, okay, none of that stuff really <laughs> no, matters anymore. Yeah. And then Beast at the end, of, like, they kind of hint that he's, He's all scared. <laughs> like, I love that picture. His face is amazing. Yeah. And he's like going to become like a super villain maybe, or maybe he feels bad or I don't really know how they're playing that. And then, uh, should we talk about Iceman? Yeah. Let's talk about that. Well, sure. Iceman, young Iceman who had cut him out as gay when Jim yeah. Gray read his mind, confronts older Iceman to be like, you're gay too. Cause I'm gay and you're me. Yeah. That's essentially what that happens. happens. Yeah. And, and a frozen tear. Bounces off the floor. And then he says so he thinks Warren's hot. Older Iceman admit that he's gay. 10%? Sort of. Like, so he, he, <laughs> says, he admits that he thinks oh, Angel's, I'm 10% gay. Angel's hot, right? Is that yeah. what happens? Yeah. So the way he says that, he basically admits that he is, but all these years he's been hiding it because he wants to focus so much on the X-Men. And there's a line for me that's a little uncomfortable where he says something about um, he doesn't want to be persecuted for like something on top of that. Mm -hmm. And I just like think that's just kind of, I don't know how to feel about that. It makes it sound like, well, um, I I think he's a shame. I don't know. Maybe like he is telling a story for someone out there. Like maybe someone had been hiding their sexuality for so long because they're afraid of being oppressed. And then yeah, was I'm able sure, to like, of course. Open up, and I think that's an important story to tell. Like, I think there's nothing wrong with that. Now, do I think that it was a hundred percent credible the way Bendis pulled it off? Not really. Well, it's also a little strange because, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I haven't been reading the books. Does he not see the young version of himself who is out being accepted and not persecuted? Yeah, and I think that so. There's one good moment of storytelling here where the 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 way that his face is drawn, like there's like this relief and this kind of weight off his chest. And then he he's, uh, and he's kind of grateful to Jean and he wants to hug her, but she doesn't want to hug him because apparently Iceman's cold all the time and uh, it might make her boobs cold. That's actually, there's dialogue in the, <laughs> the comic that pretty much says that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I think it was, I see what he was going for and it could have been really touching and had meaning. And I think he kind of almost got there. Mm -hmm. um, but did not stick the landing. But I think what at the end of the day, though, he did do something good. Like he came up with a credible and plausible way to make a character who's a main character in the Marvel universe, a gay character, not yeah. like a North Star or a bit player or bringing a brand new character who's gay because people may not have a history with them. So, um, you know, kudos to him for doing that. 
and it'll be interesting to see where it goes. But it's also really yeah. weird that it's like the last thing he did. It's kind of like, okay, and I'm done my uh, run now, and uh, they're all gay. Late. <laughs> Mic drop. Absolutely. Have fun, right. Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> now let's move on from X Men. Anything sure. else that you were reading, Ian, that you liked? Yeah. Um, uh, Doctor Strange uh, one and two also were uh, both released in October. I have not read a lot of Doctor Strange. Um, I don't think there's much Doctor Strange to read. Yeah, I don't know. Like uh, maybe there's like a definitive. Like, Brian K. Vaughn did one. Brian K. Vaughn did Doctor Strange: The Oath, which I really liked. It yeah. was a mini series. But up before that, there hasn't been any long running Doctor Strange comic, which I'm not surprised by because I mean he's kind of a weird character. I think to nail down and get people interested in. Uh, he's he's definitely been in some longer running Avengers books, but as far as having his own series, I definitely understand why it's probably kind of hard to sell. Um, but I was interested in this one, uh, and I think I mes- mentioned that on uh, the last episode um, or a couple episodes ago. Well, that was when we were what, the books we yeah. were looking forward to. Looking so, forward like, to. did Absolutely. it live up to the yeah. anticipation? And did it live up to the anticipation? Uh, it did. Uh, I was looking forward to it because uh, Jason Aaron was was writing it. And I really liked his uh, run on Thor. So, and Thor is another character who fits that same billing that we just described with with Doctor Strange. So, I thought if he could make me be interested in Thor books, maybe he'll make me interested in Doctor Strange books. And so far, it's been pretty cool. Um, there's maybe sure. some issues with him being. I've heard some people say they think he's kind of writing him too similar to like a Tony Stark. They already kind of look the same and yeah. they sort of had him have a little bit of playboy aspects, a little bit arrogant um, and some arrogance. But I mean, for me, I wasn't bothered by that and I didn't think they played up his playboyishness too much. I like that. Was that part of his character before? Absolutely. Or, yeah, he's definitely supposed to be arrogant like a, because he was man about arrogant town. Doctor who oh yeah, like that's right. And now my hands And then he broke uh, his hands and then yeah, that's yeah. why he's searching for someone to fix them. So that's and, fair enough. Yeah, so I mean it seems to fit with what I know about the the Doctor Strange lore and Jason Aaron's um, a great choice for writing. And Chris Bachelot on art. And yeah, the yeah, art's been amazing, amazing uh, on the cover and inside the book. Um, and the story's been pretty cool. Uh, obviously it gets this stuff can get strange when they're just like whipping out like spell books and uh, with magic, they can kind of do anything. So um, it's nice that it's kept, I think an even flow and hasn't gotten too ridiculous. I mean, it's only been two issues, but um, I don't know. What do you guys think? I've only read issue one and uh, I'm in a hundred percent. Like I was really looking forward to it. I just think Jason Aaron is, he's like the writer. If, any kind of uh, property that would make a great theme metal album, you want Aaron <laughs> writing it. Yep. Yeah. Like, uh, that's basically it. They're uh, killing it. I like that book so far. But I haven't read number two yet, but I'm dying to. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Doctor Strange is cool. I'm looking forward to the book. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to the movie. Sign me up for more yeah. Strange. My, my oh, one... yeah, I saw leaked photos on the internet. Oh, really? Did you see that? Of like shooting in Nepal. Oh, He's nice. cruising around with a beard. Yeah. Looks like cool. My, my one gripe is that I on the cover of number one, he has an awesome looking ax. And I don't think that showed up in the book from what I remember. Not yet. Not yet. Hopefully he gets an ax. I want to see this awesome ax. And he's got a mace. <laughs> Absolutely. Or mace. Whatever. So we know he's proficient in at least <laughs> yes. two uh, one handed weapons. Well, kind of moving in from Dr. Strange to a similar character. Apparently he took a level in fighter. Apparently <laughs> I am going to talk about invincible Iron Man one and two. Can I, I'm, I'm done with my D and D references. Then you can talk about Iron Man. Thank you. Um, invincible Iron Man one and two by Brian Michael Bendis and are by David Marquez. Um, apologies if I'm pronouncing that wrong, but Marquez, this book was awesome. This was kind of like a high octane spy 
Iron Man book in a way. He's Tony Stark doing like something's happening and he has to deal with it because that's what Tony Stark does. He looks to the future. He sees that's going to be a problem, tries to come up with a solution. That solution ends up being a bigger problem than what the problem he was trying to fix is. And then he has to still go about fixing it and he'll do it all over again. (laughs) And that's what's awesome about Tony Stark is that he just wants to, he doesn't live in the moment. Like he lives five years from now he lives 10 years from now and i think that's what this uh bendez run is really going to try to capture because some iron man runs haven't been great with that mm-hmm. and it's fun it's the robert danny jr reinvigorated iron man because like everyone forgets yeah. that before iron man the that's movie came point. out it was iron man was kind of a second tier character yeah like he was just like oh yeah like he's an avenger whatever whatever but then like this whole marvel studios and everything that people yeah i agree with that is built on this like the charisma of Robert Downey Jr. Like it's, and that's kind of like leaked into Tony Stark and it's art imitating art. And I love it because like this book is fun to read. It's action packed. He has an awesome suit that can do tons of cool things. And like the supporting cast in this is phenomenal. They introduce a love interest who is an interesting character in her own right. They make her interesting by having her have a cure for the mutant gene that she's just sitting on because of her own like internal politics and things like that, which is awesome. And then there's so many funny moments in this book. Mm -hmm. Like when uh, Thor shows up. Yeah. That was hilarious. Cause there's like a scene where this girl is just like, Oh, like I thought you were bringing me to Avengers Tower to have Thor show up and try to impress me. And you see Thor in the background and Tony Stark being like, go away, go away. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So amazing. And like, they're kind of the similarities that we just talked about with the doctor strange and invincible Mm -hmm. or Tony Stark. Tony Stark actually has to go to Doctor Strange in issue two and he makes him high five and be like, oh, cool facial hair. (laughs) And they make jokes about how they look similar. And it's awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, This book is, this book's my favorite book coming out of Secret Wars. I love Iron Man. I've always loved Iron Man. And I'm excited to see what else can kind of come out of this Mendes run. Yeah, I got to say, I think you nailed like uh, the tone of the book is, you're right, on the money with uh, Robert Downey Jr. It has that same kind of energy and it's tongue in cheek, um, but also, yeah. yeah, it's smart, but not not too many like winks to the camera and like over the top. Um, and the art is great. Like I didn't yeah. like from the preview art and like that uh, promotional poster that Marquez drew of all the different characters. I was like, oh, that looks really simplistic and like and modern cartoony. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Disney XD kind of, mm-hmm. but the interiors are great. Like the way he draws uh, Madame Mask's yeah, mask. It was really, yeah. I like like it. uh, it's really good art. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm surprised. I, I was like, I'll get on, I'll read the first couple issues and see what it's like. I've never really been a huge Iron Man fan. I, I'm a fan of Kieran Gillen, but I didn't like his run I with agree. Greg Land. Um, but this, I'm really liking. Yeah. I'm one, in, I'm thing, um, one thing you didn't mention about it. Did you have uh, roller skates? Is that uh, Doom shows up? Well, that's why I said interesting <clears throat> character. I didn't want to ruin all of it, but yeah, Doctor Doom kind shows of up in the everything. first issue. Yeah, we got a spoiler which, that. Which Talk about that. Is sort of uh, with Secret Wars still running, as we already mentioned. Well, this is the thing that's pissing me off right? a little bit. And like I'm liking know. it, but at the same time, come on, we still have a together. couple issues of uh, Secret Wars left. Doom plays a huge role in that. We don't know what's going to happen in it, and. Uh, it's nice that we didn't have to go weeks without books by them holding back the number ones, but then you get Iron, uh, Invincible Iron Man number one and Doom's in it looking normal. Pretty human, and he's kind of a good guy. 
kind of a good guy and cares about his people. It doesn't really understands why they want to attack him. Yeah. What's going on? So it does leave questions still as to how it ends, but it definitely gives maybe more answers than what we wanted before being able to read the end of Secret Wars, which is yeah. a little disappointing. It does suck, but like at the end, like you, in two years, you'll be able to go back and read all of Secret Wars as a whole and appreciate mm-hmm. it that way. Like it yeah. does suck right now to be like, oh, like this is wrong. But yeah. I mean, Marvel is also a business, so you have to like respect It's true. That. And it's a bit of a tip of a hat to the original Secret Wars where Doom gets basically ultimate power and fixes his face. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, why wouldn't you? Yeah, that's if I had ultimate power, I would never have a pimple again. <laughs> yeah, why would you? Yeah, well, it's not like I have many. I don't know. I have great skincare. <laughs> and moving on. Yeah. Uh, now moving on. Um, so I want to talk briefly about a Star Wars book that I read. Have you guys been reading much Star Wars stuff? I haven't I have read not any of them, but I've been thinking about it. So, like you, I don't know if you guys know. You may have heard out there in podcast land. There's a Star Wars film being released in December. What? A new one? Yeah. Act fast. Tickets are going back. Going pod quick. racing? Yeah, pod racing. <laughs> Anakin Returns, I think it's called. No, Young <laughs> Anakin Returns. I hope watch out. Subtitle. Yeah. Now, this it's is pod mid- racing. Midichlorians. <laughs> we'll all, I think it's called We'll Always Have Naboo. <laughs> um, but I read, so I was kind of curious, and I've, I've like uh, flipped through, and I've seen some preview art, and there's great creators involved with a lot of these books. And um, I thought, well, maybe I'll read one and see, like, is it like, are they good? Or are they going to this as like just a cash cow to milk the teat of this new like property that Marvel has gone again? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's totally what's happening. They're just like, <laughs> yeah, they're seeing dollar checks. Yeah, They're using the force to suck in the big old fat, delicious money. Because <laughs> I, I read, um, okay, first off, the, the most creative thing I think maybe was the title of this. It was called The Journey to Star Wars, The Force Awakens, Shattered Empire, number one. It was a miniseries. Shattered and, uh, Empire being the name of an Shattered expansion kind of to the name of a space-based game kind of based on some aspects of Star Wars. So that was sort of... Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought it was weird that they used the same words. Like, Yeah, so it was um, it was written by... I didn't write it down. Greg Rucka, though. Okay. Right? And um, He's a great writer. Yeah, amazing writer. I love Greg Rucka. And uh, I, maybe I made a little bit too harsh on it. The art was amazing. Like the artwork in these things are so great. Like seeing modern comic book art uh, with all the coloring effects that they can do and everything, um, drawing all these images that we're so familiar with from film. And, you know, Star Wars is so cinematic, you know, and, and they're making it into comic book form. And the way they're translating that to create motion and action and tension, um, like that's pretty good. Like, and like the dialogue was like very, like what I would expect in a Star Wars movie. Um, there was like cameos from, there's so many nods and cameos to what's familiar. Like, uh, you know, Luke, the way he acts, he's so like imperious now and confident in his new Jedi powers. So this book basically picks up immediately after the battle of uh, Endor and uh, the Empire's in tatters. So it's kind of a little bridge between the end of the trilogy and what's going to happen in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was hoping there was going to be some maybe, you know, I don't know, Nods. idea of what's going to happen or, or some kind of like, uh, but it's kind of not, it's just a story of like, oh, there's like another secret base on the other side of the moon. We didn't know about, we need to go check it out. And they introduce a couple of new characters. There's like a, a woman and a man who are married, but they're both pilots. So their lives are in danger. And, um, 
I don't really know how to explain what I felt about reading this book because like it had all these great elements in it, uh, but at the end of it, I was like, okay, well, that was a Star Wars book. Yeah, it's like big deal. Nothing. Uh, the thing with books like that is they can't really yeah. give anything away. They, I know the people writing it probably don't even really know anything. Exactly, and I think I'm curious to know what the other books are like. So yeah. I read it and I was like, they're really not really doing anything, but. I don't know if this doesn't make any sense to you right now, but I'm, so they don't do anything, but they do it great. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's ultimately meaningful. Well, actually, maybe yeah. that's the entire secret. It, okay. Things Can you put right it now, like but- this? It would be like, if you run a marathon on a treadmill. Yeah. You ran a marathon, but you didn't really go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, not a fitness guy. So I'm not getting that. Okay. Well, I think it it was, no, I, I got that metaphor. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, it's ultimately, and um, I read something like Greg Rucka, like on Twitter was saying that it wasn't a story he wanted to write. So I, I think there's editorial. Yeah. So yeah, I'd love absolutely. to know what's going on behind the scenes. And I think Ian, you summed it up. Like they probably want to like, oh, and, and this one, uh, you know, uh, Skywalker loses a leg. No, yeah. but, <clears throat> but they can't do stuff I would like, like to see the editorial though. Be like, this book needs more Jar Jar. Like let's put <laughs> yeah. some more Jar Jar in there. Note to writer, uh, too much stuff happens. Can we uh, do less? But like when you <laughs> more say- sucking, nods to things in the background that people are familiar with. Yeah. When you say like sucking at the teat of this new property that Marvel or Disney owns, I mean- Who can blame The them? Star Wars, yeah. like Star Wars came out. There's a C-3PO book. There's a like Wook or like a Chewbacca book. Everyone has like Lando Carissian, like everyone has like these individual books now. So how like are they just going to like become just Star Wars comics? <laughs> like is this what's happening? I mean, maybe we'll discover that next month. Dude, like like look at the Star titles, Wars like look online. I don't know how much he hasn't been paying attention to this, but like the guys who are going on there and writing, like it's like, you know, Stuart Eminem Talent, and yeah. Jason Aaron oh, really? is doing one. Wow. Like we can, let's do it then. Let's read some Star Wars yeah. books. Next week. Yeah, I'm down. Let's read some Star Wars comics. Let's make an episode about that. We'll all pick like one or two maybe series. Absolutely. And then... Uh, Dibs on my boy Lando. God, I saw that coming. Yeah. <laughs> Which one's I'm going to wear a cape. I Is there like one. a whole one on just like Jawas? I'll be in... <laughs> I've heard the Chewbacca one does not give him lines other than Chewbacca. <laughs> <laughs> so that could be interesting to check out. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah. You can do that one. Excellent. Well, <laughs> we'll do that for sure. Um, other just let's do some quick reviews. Yeah. What else? The came out in Justice League, God and Men. These oh, are man. kind of the spin-off one shots of the uh, Justice League uh, Dark Side War in 30 seconds or less. Buckley, what do you think of these? I only read one. It was Batman. It was amazing. The scene with Joe Chill is killer. Excellent. Ian, tell me what you thought of The Flash. Are you talking Quickly. about a comic book or something you guys did earlier? Super awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, these are great books. They're great one-shots. If you're reading uh, Dark Side War, keep picking it up. Batman, uh, I don't know if you guys are still reading Batman. I still love it. I think it's interesting. I don't like it as much. I think much. you mean Bat God, actually. <laughs> oh, no, Jordan, Bat Gordon. Oh, I yeah, Bat Gordon. Oh, I was still on Dark Side War. Dark Side War. No, let's get through yeah, these. Yeah, Dark Side so, War is great. We didn't talk about it all this week, but we'll talk about it next month yeah, for sure in our absolutely. recap one so, because it's just getting yes. better and better. Batman 45. Excellent. Yeah. I know I wasn't 100% sold on Gordon, but I trust Scott Snyder, and I like the story he's telling. I think it's fun. Um, Bloom's great. Excellent. Now, yep. Bloom's one of, cool. One of the other books that we kind of, I don't know if you, everyone read, but Karnak by Warren Ellis and David Aja. David Aja, amazing artist. One of my favorites yeah. wrote, or drew, sorry, Hawkeye with Matt Fraction, which is one of my all-time favorite books. He did that I Iron did love Fist that too, right? Yeah. 
But Same I did not crazy. check this book out. <clears throat> Buckley, what did you think of the book? Karnak? Yeah. Um, it was good. I'm going to need him to lighten up a little bit. Okay. Are you going to read issue two? Yeah, I have to. Excellent. I think so, too. I think it's interesting. I I get that Marvel wants me to care about the Inhumans, so I'm going to try to care. We'll see. It's kind of like being set up on a blind date with a girl that you're not really into, but your best friend set you up with the girl, so you're like, okay, oh, man, like, I'm on. really trying. <clears throat> Comics and cocktails and yeah, Markle's that, metaphors. Yeah. I read Uncanny Humans basically for that reason. It's like, Marvel, we get it. You're trying, and like I'm not yeah. opposed to it, but like, ooh, we'll see. Excellent. Um, other than that, I think... That's all I want to talk about. Yeah, let me look at this. So Amazing Spider-Man, a lot of people are dismissing it as like a cheap knockoff of Tony Stark and a complete reinvention of the character of Peter Parker, and it's actually pretty poor. Let's also do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do not hate it as much of you guys, as much as you guys, though I have to agree they're t- t- Tony Starking him up as well. I think the criticism is more apt here than it was with Doctor Strange. Um but the Zodiac villains have been kind of interesting. I don't know. Yeah, I just yeah. think Spider-Man as a character works better when he's combating angst. Like, it shouldn't be about Superman. Like, uh, Superman. It definitely shouldn't be about Superman. <laughs> uh, but it shouldn't be about, like, superhero problems. It's all about, like, can I do this and also, like, you know, pass that math test or, like, uh, yeah. not embarrass myself Which, in front of that. That's Morales Spider-Man will probably Yeah, that's going to yeah, pick up the mantle and probably be good. That's why I think they're doing this with Peter Parker. And, uh, oh, Uncanny Avengers. Yee. Yeah, let's, none of the Avengers books have been amazing, right? Or am well, I let's crazy? talk about yeah, no. New Avengers as well. Yeah, uh, it sucks because coming off like Hickman's run on Avengers, it's hard to top, and they're not doing a great job. Yeah, Steg- Ryan Stegman, I love his art, but in Uncanny Avengers, he's trying some kind of new style, and uh, it's um, I think the uh, actual term is whack. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to try to stick with them for the first arc, but it's not looking good right now. Excellent. Well. Captain America White continues to be amazing. Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale should just write more, like all the Marvel comics. Yeah, yeah. Or they should go back and do another Batman story because Long Halloween is one of my faves. Oh, it's amazing. Excellent. Well, I think that's it for our October release issue. I think so. Anyone have any final closing thoughts? Uh, no, we do November. We uh, So we're going to do a monthly retrospective look going forward. And uh, we promise to have more independent books. We're going to talk IDW, some Dark Horse and uh, Image Comics for sure. Got your paper girls in there. I know. That was good, man. I appreciate it. And we talked a lot about Saga. Yeah. Excellent. And as always, we're we're broadcasting from? Full Pop Station in Goddard, Ontario. Uh, As always, we are a member of the Full Pop Media team, so check us out at Full Pop TV. And uh, you want to know how to spell Full Pop, it's F-A-U-X-P-O-P dot TV. The X is just silent. I'm going to try to make some X-Men thing there, but <laughs> yeah. I've already talked the shit out of X-Men today, so let's just leave it at that. Uh, but yeah, you can go on there and you can find out how to contact us. We have a blog, we have email, we have Twitter. And uh, yeah, so we're recorded here live and uh, unplanned and unprofessional. And Mark Hussey, or at least I th- we think it's him, it may be a Skrull, he's the producer and he tries to create something out of this. And uh, that's it, we'll see you guys soon. Keep reading comics. Thank you for listening. Cheers. Cheers.